Welcome back to Between Two Posts. Kyle and Everett bringing you yet another episode of Goalie Talk. And on this episode, we interviewed goaltender in the uh, Toronto Maple Leaf system, Joe Wolf. He's a stud, eh? Yeah, it's crazy that he's my age. That definitely makes me feel good about myself. But uh, uh, I can't, I should pull up his contract numbers. But yeah, I, I think that would hurt even more. Yeah, I think he's probably making a little more than, than I am doing this pod. But um, yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, we're still, we're still waiting on those sponsorship deals to go through. So uh, that's, that's in today's news. But um, also, I mean, in, in current news is the NHL talking about a possible comeback. And that's been exciting. I'm on the edge of my seat. Las Vegas, baby. How sweet does that sound? When I read into it, it just, I wish I could be there so bad to, I mean, either one, be a part of it, like playing, I feel it could be sick, but also just to. to <laughs> of course, that would be sick. Come on. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's unreal there. I mean, Vegas is a unreal city to, to be in, in general, to, to even take hockey out of the picture. It's a sick place to be. But I mean, they mentioned uh, the plan was to put them up in the, those nice hotels and the suites. They're empty right now. So they said like an, the NHL would have an entire uh, like resort for just them. And then obviously T-Mobile's right across the street. It's, it'd be a pretty cool experience. Um, you know, it'd be a pretty big positive with all the negative that coronavirus has brought. Now let's hold the phone one second. We can't skip over this. Could you imagine? I mean, the big deal and the reason they can go to Vegas is everything shut down, right? Yep. Clubs aren't going, bars aren't going, but could you imagine this happening in a world where things were open? Those playoff games I, would be dog. No, those, I I think those guys would be, be so hungover, man. No, Come well, on. I think it's I think it's a little different for playoffs. I think you know that's where you definitely have some self control, and you know the Stanley Cup is such a big accomplishment you make the right decisions. Um, but I will say it, it's a pretty cool idea just thinking that you'll have like all the teams contending for the cup in the same like region uh, under the same arena that are competing. It just, I don't know. I don't know really any sports that do that from like start to finish. Even, I mean, the closest thing is probably NCAAs, but even then it's narrowed down to final four or frozen four. So, I mean, that's yeah. a pretty cool format to see. You know, you have all the teams in one area. It's, I think it'd be pretty cool, even if people, you know, if it was during a normal time. But um, the other thing is, you got to imagine that once somebody wins the cup, they have a plan in place to to set them up in like a club in Vegas and let them have an absolute time. Like they, that's definitely in the plans. You, I, I would have to think. One hundred percent. Even even the losing team. All the rest the other 23 teams that are in vegas <laughs> they probably are gonna have a, a spot ready to go for them too i mean at the end of the day you're in vegas so so first round uh i like i don't know the format or how this is gonna play out but say you're the first round you get knocked out is it that bad i mean you just go right you go right to partying in vegas I right think, i think that's f- probably gonna be frustrating first round just because you'd almost rather just go home at this point because it's, it's, it's so crazy. I was talking to my, with my brother about it and the fact that they're only cutting out uh, seven teams, 
yeah. from the yep. playoffs. They're, they're going in with 24. I mean, how do you, at what point do you say maybe take all 31 or let's just go to a normal 16? I mean, 24 is just such a random number to me. And because well, we were, what's that? I think they look at the probability and the big reason being St. Louis last year, if there was a real, you know, wrench in the spokes there because you took a team that you thought was out of it, done, toast, like put a fork in them, and now they make a battle back. So who says some of those lower-ranked teams, but they yeah, aren't but at the bottom, go. That's what I'm saying, though, is let's say – so I was looking at the standings. I don't know if they're going to split it up by division, like, you know, the first few from each division and wild cards. But if they do a 24 format out of the whole NHL just um, based on just the league – from most points to least points yeah cut off at like number 24 and 25 are a matter of like one or two points and like one team the higher seeded team actually has more games played so to me that seems a little unfair i think the sabers were in like the 25th spot yep and they're like one point out and they've had less games played so how are you ah, man it's it's tough like why at that point just let everybody play because if if the team right above them with the basically exact same record has a chance at the cup then i would think the sabers do too that's true that's true i see what you're saying i think uh but at the end of the day it's probably a logistical thing too and trying to get this you know done in a timely fashion because then they're going to try and run the next season so i don't know it'll all shake down and be interesting and the exciting part is period even without fans we get to watch hockey again and see a playoff run which is yeah it'll be cool i saw um, somewhere in europe the soccer teams that were playing they like on the arena speakers they like put fan noises of like cheering and and chants (laughs) and stuff so i mean i think that that helps like it definitely takes away from the awkwardness of the empty arena um because i think a big factor when you're when you're playing games is you there's the crowd like you're you're gonna hear them and i think that'd be almost more weird of how quiet the rink would be compared to not looking up and seeing people well it changes the game completely because you think about being a road team going to nashville like we talked about with murray yeah exactly that changes everything and now you're playing in an empty barn where you just got to focus on playing the game i mean half of hockey is the mental side where you got to deal with stuff like that yeah yeah i don't know but good news is we got a sweet uh interview with joe wool so uh let's send it over Standing at 6'4", hailing from St. Louis, Missouri, welcome to the podcast, Joseph Wall. Hey guys, how you doing? Just hanging out, buddy. Living, uh, living the dream here in quarantine. Can't get better than this, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a crazy time, but it's good, uh, good time to get away from everything and, and be home with your family a little bit. Yeah, especially with you, you know, basically having lived on the road for the longest time with the last, what, four years? I mean, Ooh, even uh, yeah, last last six years been away from home. Yeah, so for yeah, school and then the program. So I mean, that's yeah. got to be sweet being home and getting to hang out and refamiliarize yourself with your family members, huh? Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit weird. I don't, I don't think uh, I don't think I've been home this early since I played like youth hockey at U sixteen. I think so. It's it's a little bit weird being home. You know, I got home in March, so it was a little bit weird, but. You know, at the same time, it's really nice to, you know, get a lot of family time in. You get to reconnect and reintroduce yourself to your mom and dad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Say hi to my sister. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Um, Now, you did, uh, you brought it up and 
you know, you were playing at the program, which was uh, in Ann Arbor both years you were there? So I actually got caught in the transition year. Okay. Um, my, my first year was in Ann Arbor at the Cube, and then my second year was that kind of awkward transition year moving over to Plymouth. Um, so, you know, we got kind of stuck in the development of it, and it wasn't quite finished until we were done that year. Um, yep. But, you know, getting the opportunity to go back and stuff for – for tournaments and things um the following years it, it looks unbelievable so you know it was it was good that they got that that move and you know a good way for them to you know kind of expand usa hockey i thought absolutely i mean the facility is incredible um but for those that don't know there's the usa uh, national team development program which is home to like a u17 and a u18 team now it's in plymouth uh at usa hockey arena but they recruit some of the best kids of the best kids of their age groups and develop them for two years before they go on and move on throughout their career to play college hockey. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go right at the program and then, you know, they give you a lot of tools, but what was one of the hardest things you dealt with there, Joe, at uh, USA? Well, I think the first year it's, it's really tough, you know, being a 16 year old and having to move away from home. I think it it feels a little premature, um, you know, going on and, I think it does help that you're with the billet family. So it doesn't feel like you're completely on your own, like if you're going to college or something, but I think that was the toughest transition, at least for me, um, you know, having to leave all your friends and your family and, and all that behind and, and really kind of taking that step, knowing that, you know, hockey is something you really want to pursue. I think it, it all, it changes hockey in that aspect to where, you know, it's something you can see yourself doing for your life. So it, it's, uh, it's definitely a different, different feeling being around the rink and a big transition. But um, I think it, it helped a lot that unlike other teams, when you go in your U17 year, it's every kid there is, is doing the same thing. Everyone is 16 leaving home for the first time. It's not like a USHL team or a major junior where you have a range of ages. So you have rookies and stuff. It's, the whole entire team goes through the through the same thing. So, you know, while it's a little bit of a difficult transition, I think it's really good for, you know, building a, a strong team chemistry and, and helping you get really close to the guys over those two years. For sure. And that, I mean, you hit it on the head where, like, you guys are all going in and you guys are going through the same experiences. So nobody has a, a leg up on everybody else. So you're all on that even playing field, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So how many guys did you know heading in that year? So I, uh, I played with a few of the guys uh, growing up. So I played with Frederick, uh, Luke Martin, Clayton Keller, and then there were a couple other guys at the tryout that I don't think ended up making it. Um, but then I don't, I, I don't know if I could tell you a number, but yeah. I would say probably half the team I was familiar with just from playing and growing up playing hockey. I think just playing on summer teams and playing in different tournaments – I, you know, got the opportunity to meet a lot of different guys. So I think, you know, a good amount of the team I was already, you know, familiar with or friends with, which made it a lot easier um, than just going into a group of, of group of guys that I had no idea who anyone was. So uh, I think that definitely helped with, with the transition and everything. For sure. I think, I think it's crazy to just think about, you know, they're, they're pulling guys from the whole country, but hockey's just a, such a small world. You probably know the guys or at least have, heard of them and have a pretty good idea of who they are have mutual friends so um that's one of the cool things about hockey just throughout the years you meet so many people and make so many friendships yeah it's unbelievable i think 
<laughs> every year I, I realize more and more how, you know, interconnected hockey is and how, you know, how everyone knows everyone almost it's such a small world. Um, and you realize it more and more as you get older, I think. So it's, it's special to be a part of. Now, Joe, Kyle had brought this up, and it's actually a good point. When you were playing for uh, with St. Louis AAA, uh, the AAA Blues, U16s, you guys had a pretty nasty roster, didn't you? Yeah, so actually our U16 year, we had a couple of guys leave um, oh. and go play in different spots. But I would say when I was – so when I first started playing goalie, maybe around seven or eight, from that time until I was probably 14 – we had an unbelievable team. Like we had Clayton Keller, Logan Brown, Trent Frederick, all three first round picks. And then we had Luke Martin, who's a second round pick. Um, Josh Dunn, Ty Farmer, uh, Tommy Napier, all division one college players and pretty good division one players. Um, and then, you know, the Kachuk, uh, Kachuk brothers were around but Brady Kachuk played up with us yep and that first round pick like it was unbelievable how good of a team, how a team we disgusting had. roster yeah. right there <laughs> and then you know slowly as the years kind of went on we got older uh you know guys like Clayton he ended up going to Shattuck Logan um ended up going to Indiana uh with his dad who was coaching ice at the time um, so guys kind of slowly made their way out as we got older, but we were younger, man. Like, I don't think we lost a game for like two years or something. We had a, we had a pretty good streak. where We just wouldn't lose. We were a pretty good team. It's a good team to be a goalie on then. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a tough job early on for me, which is good. I was just getting into the position. So not, uh, not too much on me, I guess. Just kind of, kind of good to start it out. No, you, you named off a lot of, like, snipers and just players that turned out to be studs from St. Louis. But, like, around your age group, a little bit before and a little bit after, St. Louis has been a hotbed, like, right in those, you could say, from 90 to, like, 97s for goalies. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, growing up in St. Louis, working with Bruce Racine um, was something unbelievable for my, my career. I don't think I honestly would be anywhere – near where I am today without, without Bruce. And, um, you know, not only as a coach, but, you know, as a mentor in life and he, he had the opportunity or a lot of the goalies in St. Louis had the opportunity to work with him. I think is a better way to phrase it. Um, you know, guys like Luke Opelka, he's a 97 birth year. So I, I grew up looking up to him a lot, um, yeah. and trying to kind of follow his path. And he played at the development team as well. Um, and then, you know, there's a range of, unbelievable goalies that have come out of St. Louis, I think, in those few years. You know, Tommy Napier was my goalie partner growing up, and um, he's doing unbelievable things at Ohio State the past few years. So I think it was kind of a, a good span of a few years, and I think a lot of credit, you know, has to go to Bruce Racine and, and how he kind of ran everything. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's a great goalie coach in that area. Um, yeah. Now, you did bring up going to his camps and everything, and I was talking to a buddy of yours, Joe O'Brien, that you guys had skated with growing <laughs> up. And yeah. he brought up when you guys might have been like in your early teens, maybe late teens, you guys were helping coach. But uh, yeah. you, Opilka, and Obi all went, and you guys were running the rebound game with like the 8, 10, 8 and 10-year-olds. And he said you yeah. guys were going game seven cup finals, <laughs> burying back bar south, like selling like there's no yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> Great goal, yeah, I mean, Joe. 
Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you you're gonna put the guys with the rebound game, it's all compete. I think you know, as much as I love being a goalie, I think there's nothing like scoring a goal, regardless of the age of the goalie you score on. Um, Whether they put the pads on for the first time or they, they're playing pro, yeah. if I'm scoring, yeah. I'm selling. Yeah, exactly. I don't get I don't get too many opportunities to shoot on shoot on goalies. So you know, if I'm put a drill with all my buddies, I'm gonna make the most of it. And then you got you got to let them know, like, hey, kid, this is this is what it's like. Yeah, you're Get teaching them young. Yeah. You're teaching them young. Yeah. Giving yeah, them that exactly. tough skin, you know, <laughs> thick skin. No, but Bruce's camps growing up, you know, whether I was working or, or you know, participating, and they were a blast. And uh, being able to work with the kids, I think, you know, there were definitely fun drills like that where we'd mess around. But I think we also try to teach them as much as as much as we could. And I think you know, getting older, you kind of calm down a little bit and focus more on teaching. But we were younger. It was, it was a ton of fun to just go out there and, and shoot and, and mess around with you know some of my good friends. Yeah, have a blast, right? That's what the hockey is yeah. all about. Oh, exactly. So, now, are you spending are you spending your off seasons then in uh, the St. Louis area? Yeah, this will be the first summer uh, in a few years where I'll be spending the whole summer in St. Louis. Actually, um, the past couple of years I've been in in Boston for the first half of the summer, uh, just getting ahead on some classes and, and training with the team and stuff. So. I typically get get home after development camp for the past couple of years. I've been in Boston, then I go to Toronto for development camp, and then get get back to St. Louis probably around the beginning of July. Um, so this this will be the first time that I don't know. It might be a little too much time at home <laughs> going from March <laughs> until till who knows when with with uh, you know everything that's been going on. So yeah, might need well, to I venture mean, out if I get too when, uh, too crazy at home. When it starts back up, you guys probably got some pretty solid summer skates in that area. So. At least you have that to yeah. look forward to. Yeah, if we if we get all the guys around, um, we can put together some pretty good skates. Uh, just a matter of you know who's around and getting everyone to come out uh, to the same skates. But yeah, we're getting a pretty good crew together. You got to put it like a, a rival beauty league together. Show those Minnesota yeah. guys how to do it. <laughs> we were actually thinking about it, but I don't know if we'd have enough players to do you know a full league of teams. So we're thinking about doing a three on three kind of mimicking oh, the beauty league. Oh, that would league. be wild. Three I mean, that would work because you guys got so many goalies out of there. You, you, you got right. enough to – Yeah, enough, enough to play. That would be a fun time for the goalies. Well, that's, that's where you get to skate <laughs> three, out, three, Joe. Three. Yeah, no, seriously. You, you can really let the rifle bit. go. You get two goalies on each team and one guy plays net, one guy plays for <laughs> a couple oh, goals. That would be awesome. I'd love to see Napier skating out, just tearing it up. <laughs> Here's a funny story, actually. Um, when we were probably was it U16 year, maybe U14. Probably, I'm not sure, but back there, back in that day, uh, we were in a tournament. I think it was like a regional tournament or something, and <laughs> we ended up getting in this huge bench clearing brawl in the second to last game. I don't know how it started, but <laughs> so he was he was playing in that game as a goalie, obviously, and yeah. huge bench clearing brawl. So like five five or six guys on our team got suspended yeah. for the next game, and we had to go out in the next game, like, way short players. <laughs> and since we were worried about getting like another two and ten or something just to be safe, we didn't want to waste another player. So we had Napier dressed as a forward that game. He was wearing his wearing his goalie jersey and everything out there in oh, player no. gear, that's out a... there in warm ups, like sniping. It's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> that's such a tough look with the goal skates on, and then you got the oh, jersey yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, jersey. Oh, no, no way. He wore goalie. He was wearing goalie skates. 
Yeah, goalie skates, goalie jersey. Oh, that's <laughs> this is like U16, right? You got like legit college scouts and stuff at our tournaments. <laughs> and then you just and see Napier 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 rolling around out there with his giant yeah. like wingsuit jersey. <laughs> yeah, he's skating out there as the eighth forward. Like, <laughs> incredible. Did he get any, um, getting any ice time during the game? I don't think he got any ice time. Um, yeah, we, I think we were just kind of waiting to see if there'd be any penalties or something where you'd need to get thrown in the oh, box, I guess. Him. But yeah. I don't think they'd throw <laughs> <it all>. Yeah. <laughs> he's the box fill-in guy. Yeah, he's oh, a box man. guy. <laughs> um, but before we get away from the program, I was talking to mm-hmm. Jake Ottinger, and I asked him for a story about you, and he wanted me to ask about your guys' U17 year when you guys were just getting lit up and changing on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, so Otter, Otter and I uh, had some pretty good experiences together. U seventeen, a lot of a lot of funny stories. Actually, he's one of my one of my good friends. Um, but yeah, so our U seventeen year was definitely a bit, little bit of a learning experience. It's tough, you know. You, you come in, you got a full team of sixteen year olds playing against USHL teams, and mm-hmm. at that point, those guys are nineteen and twenty. Um, so it's definitely a little bit of a wake up call. And I think the first two two or three months like we didn't win a game in the ushl so we're just getting we're out there just getting lit up game after game um you know it definitely opened my eyes to how quick of a, a trigger coaches can have when they're yanking goalies <laughs> <laughs> but uh i remember just one one story i mean we we had probably multiple games where we've had set like double pulls where a guy gets pulled and it gets pulled again but one story I remember very clearly is uh we were playing in Omaha and we were just getting oh we were just getting lit up so I think I let in maybe three or four got yanked um Otter went in the coach took me into the tunnel screamed at me for probably five solid minutes I'm just sitting there taping it all like okay (laughs) whatever I'm sorry I'm trying my best you know how it is and uh, I think Otter letting a goal pulls me up, pulls me out and he goes, all right, you're going back in. I'm like, okay, man, <laughs> you just torched me for, you know, five solid minutes. You're throwing me back in the pipes and get lit up again. So it was pretty funny as, you know, pretty unique being there and being in that situation. Yeah. But I mean, those happen all, all the time. That's the yeah. worst though. Okay. When you, you just got to sit there and take it, there's nothing you can do. You just, no. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> sit there and t- well, it's nothing worse than sitting there and taking it and, <laughs> getting your career ripped to shreds and then getting thrown <laughs> back in the net like <laughs> an yeah, impossible sure. game to win like it's you're, six, a, you're six, in a great mental spot then yeah. coach is so, just like you know what joe you know look man i was wrong you're right you know i shouldn't have said those things hey get back out there you're gonna tear it up you're great yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, not even that. Like, hey, you did terrible. You're going back in. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, chief. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. No, this is a little insider thing because I was—I happened to be volunteering when I had met you to help out Brock and Snake on the equipment side. But I remember when I was hanging jerseys or something after your guys' morning skate, you were still there lingering around and you were wiping your pads down with the the magic eraser. Do you still do that at the pro level? No, uh, it kind of got <laughs> away from that a little bit. <laughs> Actually, the other goal in my team, Kastasuo. Uh, yeah. Big fan of the Magic Eraser. Um, but, you know, he, he wears Bauer pads, so I think those those show marks a little bit more. Um, so he has to wipe them down just so they don't look terrible. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've kind of gotten away from that. That was more of, a, more of a thing I did when I would get, you know, like one set of pads a year, one set of pads every oh. two years or so. You know, you have okay. to 
you got to keep them, you know, looking decent. You can't be going out there looking like you've had the pads for seven years. So, but I, I kind of, I kind of got away from that once, you know, as you get older and you move up levels, you get treated a lot better and a lot more sets of gear. So I don't think there's really, really much of a need for that. Yeah, I was going to say that was a low-key tire pump with the multiple sets of gear through the year. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> once, you, uh, once you make your way into a three-letter league, it, you get a little, little bit more gear through the season. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to worry about the Magic Eraser quite as much. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, now, I've always wondered this because when I was there, you know, everyone there was a buzz between you and Otter, and everyone kind of knew you guys were the guys going forward really good for your age group just two terrific goalies but do you I know you said your buddies but do you guys still have like kind of like I don't know how to phrase it but in like a hidden Mm. rivalry between each other where you're kind of building because not only were you at the program playing together as a Mm. tandem but then you go to um, BC he goes to BU two rival schools like what was that dynamic like as you guys kind of like had to play each other's rivals now yeah, I think I hear what you're saying about the kind of rivalry, but I think it's it's more out of fun than out of, you know, something something else. I think it, the rivalry, especially uh, at Boston, you know, being able to play against each other, the two probably biggest rivals in college hockey and yep. playing against him in that situation. Um, I think it was just – it was more fun. Like, it, it just made it the game so much more fun that I was out there competing against – you know, one of my really good friends. And at the end of the day, like I want him to do as well as, as he can. I want to do as well as I can. And, you know, the outcome of the game is kind of out of our, out of our control. So I think it was just a lot of fun being able to go out there and made the games that more, that much more exciting. Um, like we had a game, we had a game my junior year. So both of our last years at, at school were, I think we tied zero, zero. So no way. The, Pretty optimal finish for both of us. Like, Dude, I want to say I was at that game. Yeah, it was, it was. We he played unbelievable that game. Actually, like we we really took it to him. I had a little bit of an easier shutout. He had he had to work for his a little bit. So <laughs> it, it was it was a pretty fun game. Um, but I think just being able to you know play in that um, at that level and you know with that uh, kind of hype behind the games, it just made it that much more fun. And of course, now getting able to being able to play against him in the American League is is awesome. It just makes the game more exciting. It just you know helps you get up for the game a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, talk about icing on the cake to like finish off that rivalry like between you and him going out on like, a couple of shutouts junior year. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. That's awesome. It's, like you no don't really get too many of those stories today because you guys are at such the you guys were always at the same level, you know, coming through the program and everything. So that's a very unique situation now being um you know a part of the program and having played world juniors you obviously did a lot of international tournaments you're playing mm-hmm. against teams from everywhere around the world now outside of that what's like one of the weirdest things that you witnessed on all those trips uh just from playing on usa and traveling you mean yeah like because you, you get yeah. to go to russia you've been uh you know all those international tournaments in europe mm-hmm you see a lot of weird stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I will say we had, we had one trip, like we had, we had pretty good trips overall. Like we, we went to Switzerland and stayed kind of in the middle of the, the Alps, which was unbelievable as you can imagine. So nothing too weird there. Um, we had a trip though, that we went to Dimitrov, Russia, which is 
about an hour or two outside of Moscow. I don't know about anything weird, but I can tell you from personal experience, it's not a place that you need to, you need to visit. Um, not too much going on there. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I think, I think probably the weirdest thing I experienced was we were in Finland. And again, like, I don't even know the city we were in. Well, it wasn't a great city, like no sunlight, just very gray and, and pretty dull. Um, but Vacation they served spot. us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think one night they served us, it was either horse or reindeer. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just remember all the boys were like, listen, we can't eat this. <laughs> but I think, I think that's probably the weirdest experience. And I always, every Finnish kid I meet now, I give them, give them crap about that of, uh, of Finnish guys like eat horse and stuff. But <laughs> that was pretty, pretty funny experience. Oh, that's great. What did you guys do for food then? Like, did you guys order out or what? <laughs> <laughs> not many spots in, I think it was Rauma, Finland, maybe. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I think we just had this big, uh, maybe a week or so. Probably, so yeah, you, you have to kind of adjust to that food because I can't imagine you can really get too much of a home-cooked meal when you're there that long. Right. Yeah. Like when we were in Dimitrov and then when we were in, we were in Finland, it was, uh, it's definitely interesting. It wasn't, it wasn't the food we were used to. Um, just a little bit of adjustment there, but at the end of the day, it's not the worst thing ever. You're still eating. So yeah, it could be worse. You could end up with bat or something like that. <laughs> no trips to Wuhan. So that was good. Oh man. Um, now, you know, I think the craziest thing when you think back to like the U17 and 18 year talking about international travel, how do you handle that as a kid? You know, like your mm -hmm. teen years, you're basically, you know, junior, senior in high school and you guys are traveling all over the world. How eye opening was that for you? Yeah, it was definitely awesome. I think the one trip that really sticks out was uh, was the trip to Switzerland and we stayed basically on the side of a mountain. Um, and then the rink was in a valley surrounded by the French Alps. So um, that was that was a pretty special experience. And being able to do that with, at the time, you know, some of my best friends, uh, yep. pretty special experience. And then, you know, to add to it, too, you get to represent your country. So, you know, I think uh, that whole experience with USA was, was unbelievable for me. Um, very eye-opening to, you know, different things, different experiences. So, you know, I feel very fortunate that I was able to play there. Oh, that's awesome, man. Definitely. Um, and then you got the, the one gold with, uh, in the world junior championships. And mm -hmm. obviously how good did it feel to sing that song in the locker room after? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, something I'll, I'll never forget is, uh, you know, probably one of the best moments of my life. It'll be, I think, uh, you'll be able to do that with a lot of guys again, that I played with at the development team, a lot of really, really close friends of mine. Um, and then, you know, being able to do it in the venue of, you know, the Bell Center was unbelievable. So, um, you know, pretty special, pretty special experience to be able to sing the song and, um, you know, just being able to win a gold medal on, on that stage, uh, especially with, um, you know, kind of the way and kind of the road we took to win it, you know, with two shootout wins. It was pretty nerve wracking, um, but, you know, definitely something I'll remember for a long time. Yeah, that was a that was a nail biter of attorney, eh? Oh my god, yeah, so it was crazy. And I I didn't play uh, the semis or the finals. I think Tyler Parsons was playing those games, so I was just, I just remember sitting on the bench and I was 
uh, I was on the bench and next to Ryan Lindgren, uh, you know, one of my good buddies that grew up playing with uh, at NTDP. And just <laughs> at that point, you know, it's out of my control what's going on. I'm just sitting there watching. <laughs> I can't even imagine how nervous the goalies must have been. But you know, I was just sitting there. It was crazy. I remember as soon as we won, Otter and I had planned. So Otter was across the way and we had planned to meet at center ice if we won the gold medal game. So I remember uh, the first thing I did was Otter and I skated towards each other. It was pretty funny. Um, so it was a pretty cool experience. That's awesome, man. Um, now I asked Obi a couple other things and uh, he had brought up that you're, you're working on a DJ career on the side. Is that right? <laughs> Who said that? O'Brien? Yeah. A little bit of garage band jam. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, I've always been, uh, you know, a big fan of music and uh, I kind of taught myself how to play the piano um, growing up. So I think it kind of, uh, you know, evolved from me just messing around on the piano and then started with just GarageBand, like that free app on your Mac and be able to, you know, like record different stuff and put it together. Um, now it's kind of evolved into just, you know, making some of my own stuff. And I think not not serious at all i think it's just more of a you know hobby to kind of take my mind off off things at times and be able to just kind of clear my head and and do something besides hockey and just kind of relax so yeah but, uh, <laughs> no the music the music thing's unreal man now because yeah. i think boston told me you play the piano right yeah so i uh yeah we, we ended up our family got a piano um ended up just kind of teaching myself how to play um no way. i don't i don't really know how to read music i play more by ear um so god you yeah. do it all eh? smart kid <laughs> un- phenomenal goalie and you can play the piano and you understand music yeah a little yeah. bit <laughs> i want to i want to get back into the guitar though i when i was younger i took guitar lessons but you know i, I did it the complete wrong way like i was so pumped up about you know different songs so when I took lessons I just learned how to play a bunch of different songs that I liked as opposed to learning how to actually read music and play the guitar and stuff so I'm I just have like faint memories of songs on the guitar but I think it's something I since I'm you know pretty proficient with the piano now that I could kind of get back into something something cool to to learn you just wanted to learn Thunderstruck right yeah, exactly. Just a bunch of like "Sweet Child of Mine," like all those <laughs> classic guitar songs. Just those sick ballads from back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. I didn't realize how uh, how much music knowledge you had. That's sweet. But uh, are you gonna drop your? Do you want us to like pump up your SoundCloud or like where can we find your music at? <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll. Uh, I haven't released anything. It's more just for me and like sent to, you know, like couple like close friends and stuff and see what oh, they think got, but we got to get something on 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 the line here soon man come on <laughs> yeah if i uh i'll start working on working some more on some stuff and if i uh if i get anything good i'll make sure to send it to you <laughs> i really i have trouble finding music to do the intro to these pods so if you ever come up with anything good send it to me we'll fire it up okay yeah i'm, I'm more just messed around like doing remixes and stuff perfect um, we'll take but, anything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> any any collabs with Drake coming up or yeah. yeah, maybe in years years down the road. Yeah. Or I don't know, the the Leafs have the seem to have the Justin Bieber connection, so maybe that's the way you go. Yeah. 
Never know. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah, someday. you guys could link cool. up, man. <laughs> That'd be. People yeah, be think, chilling soon. <laughs> I think I'd be a little bit out, like not not quite to uh, you know his level. It'd be a little bit out of place, but <laughs> something maybe in the future that'd be pretty cool. We'll never. You never know. Maybe the paths yeah. will cross, and you guys will hit it off. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Who Just knows? don't forget about us when you uh, when you get it big and you start touring with them and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. Well. That'd be pretty cool. But. Now, uh, I heard a story when you were playing in Bantams after you had seen a goalie coach, which is probably Bruce. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the game went well, and your head coach told you you were never going to see a goalie coach again in Bantam hockey. <laughs> yeah, so, so the story with this is it, I, I honestly think it was younger than Bantam. Like it, it was – probably peewees squirts or peewees it, it was early on in my goalie days and I was just starting out um you know maybe training a couple of years with Bruce Racine and I think at that time butterfly like technique was becoming a lot more popular in the NHL and stuff you know after some guys had kind of brought it in um my coach at the time uh was probably more familiar with kind of a hybrid you know, style of. He wanted of you to stand guys. up. You can you can yeah. come out with it, Joe. He, he yeah, wanted yeah. you to stand up, me. fingertips yeah. down on the glove side, and just look big. <laughs> yeah, I think he he was more. I think he thought I was just kind of dropping a lot, um, and maybe I was. But you know, I, the one memory I have of it is a from aside from the fact that you know I'd let in goals going high, and he'd yell at me like, "Ah, oh, Bruce Racine, Bruce Racine." But she's your own head that, coach I, chirping you. Yeah, my head coach chirping me. I'm getting literally like guys are coming down to the hash, sniping me bar down. <laughs> Listen, I'm not stopping that standing up or going down, but <laughs> um yeah, I think the one one like clear memory I have of it is we were playing uh playing some big tournament, I think against the Toronto uh, Marlies or whatever, that they have a youth team yep. uh, in Canada and they're always really, really good. We were playing them. And I think I got, you know, I, I was playing okay. I think I'd let in maybe two goals or something. And it was in the third period, and I got a shot. And remember, I'm like you know, 11, 11 years old, maybe. A child. I a, <laughs> yeah, I got a shot from the point, like through a screen, tipped, bar down. So, like, I don't really know how I'm supposed to stop that. But <laughs> he yells at me. You know, Bruce Racine takes me off, like pulls me, and then starts yelling me on the bench, like, you're never going, you're never going to Bruce Racine again. Like, you got to stand up. <laughs> just giving it to me. I'm like, listen, man, I'm just trying to learn how to play goalie right now. I don't, I got no idea. Just doing my sir, best. <laughs> sir, I'm 12. I don't, what do you want me to do? I'm 12. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. But, you know, stuck it out with Bruce, got through the, through the tough days with getting yelled at, and, you know, I think uh, made it out okay. Maybe, maybe it's okay. I don't know. Things yeah. might have panned out for you. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, now, last story that I had heard about was, I think it was after your first year U17s, you had come back and there was a kid, I, I forgot the name, but he needed goalie gear to um, dress for practice. And mm-hmm. apparently he wore all your sick USA stuff out to a JV practice. Yeah. So it's funny. This is uh, Trent Frederick's younger brother, Drake. Okay. Okay. Um, he's actually the only Frederick that. So well, they have they have a lot of siblings, but so Grant and Trent are both really good hockey players. Grant plays at Miami, Miami, Ohio, and then you know Trent's obviously a first rounder with Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so their younger brother Drake, he's really the only one that didn't ever play hockey. Um, he was more basketball, football. Uh, so I remember, I think it was after my like sophomore year of college or something. It was, it was a few years after my U17 year. And I think just for fun, he was going out and was going to try goalie at maybe like JV practice or something. Yeah. And he needed gear. And so my mom called me. I was like, hey, you know, Drake, Drake Frederick uh, is going to try out goalies. Okay, if I give him some year old gear. Like, yeah, no problem. Not, not really knowing what they're going to give him. My mom gives him all my old USA stuff, my USA helmet, USA pads. This kid's decked out at his JV. Never played goalie in his life before. Never played hockey. <laughs> decked out in all USA gear at his uh, dismet JV practice. So it was pretty funny. Pretty funny story there. That's unreal. You're a good yeah. guy. You know, your mom's a, you know, your mom's a good lady. She, she made sure he felt confident. He looked great. And he probably got picked. I mean, when you, when you step on the ice wearing that, they're like, oh, we got to take this kid for sure. Yeah, well, he can't oh, skate. Exactly. well, he looks good. That's all, that's yeah. all, that's all it takes. Pretty um, funny thing. Funny thing with the Fredericks too. Uh, Trent. So I grew up playing with him. He's the same age as me. Um, <clears throat> we were younger. When I very first started playing goalie, he was actually a goalie too. And I was his backup. <laughs> we were first starting probably when I was you know, seven years old or so. He was an unbelievable goalie, um, but he ended up switching to forward. So thank God he switched to forward because I don't think I'd be, uh, I don't think I'd be a goalie <laughs> anymore. <laughs> he would have shut it down for you, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I was texting my buddy. I saw an Elite Prospects. You, you crossed paths with uh, Fink at BC, who um, <laughs> I actually actually went to KUA with him in high school, and he, he wants me to ask you about pickup basketball at BC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, in the summers after, cause they take our ice out pretty quick. Um, oh, I know exactly. I know what he's talking about. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, yeah. So we, after, uh, after the season ends, like we don't really, none of us really know what to do. Like, cause you get so much time in your hands. So we, Start playing basketball a little bit. Um, and I remember just one day we were playing basketball and me and Grant, Grant McPhee, one of the kids on our team at that time, um, we were kind of getting into it a little bit. <laughs> I think, I don't remember what happened. We were going for a rebound or something and one of us pulled the other. And I think he like tackled me into all these boxes. And uh, where are we? Like the wreck, uh, the BC Plex or whatever. Like this poor girl had just stacked all these brand new boxes behind oh, no. I don't know why she was stacking boxes behind the basketball court we tackled each other into these boxes <laughs> uh, blew up all the boxes it felt so bad but yeah guys guys get into it pretty good and pick up basketball no one pretty go pretty hard so fun uh fun thing to do after the season ends the best part though about watching hockey players play pickup basketball is it's awful like guys can't score. Like it's like missed layups, missed shots. Well, they just, so hard. yeah, but it's a contact game. Like it turns basketball yeah. into a contact. Sport. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. That's so we are, we are getting a little too physical, probably. Um, <laughs> but we actually and we have some decent guys play basketball. Like some of the guys are not very athletic and can't really shoot the ball and stuff. <laughs> um, but some like some of the guys are pretty decent. Like I grew up playing basketball uh, until high school, so. And we had some other guys that are pretty good. So we've had some decent games, uh, to be honest. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so it's, not, it's not one of those throw arounds where, like, it's a two-to-one game by the time everyone's done and worn out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, we, we had some decent games going. I actually, 
one of my uh, good buddies on the Marlies this year, we'd play every home game. We have uh, a little basketball hoop out behind our locker room. So before every home game, before warm-ups, we'd play like quick one-on-one but first couple uh first like three or five points or something it's pretty fun get the blood flowing a little bit yeah get hooping baby hooping he wasn't with me <laughs> shooting in the gym yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things i kind of wanted to ask about was was your helmet and going through uh uh the program and then at bc and then now uh in toronto you have the eagle on your helmet so i was just curious mm-hmm. um is that like usa or like boston college tribute or just kind of everything wrapped up in one yeah so i had uh, i had to think of something pretty quickly after i signed um last year i think the painter got in touch with me because i i was going right there after school um so they're trying to get me a helmet pretty quick and i had to come up with a design and you know, a couple hours. So I just thought uh, Eagle would be a good thing to kind of tie in everything and not look too out of place. Uh, so, you know, it kind of covers BC, USA. And then at the same time, um, you know, Eddie Belfort played in Toronto. So it's not oh, yeah. too out of place yeah. being. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, just thought it kind of looked cool with the leaf um, kind of design. So, yeah, I thought it'd be a good thing to try out i think it was sweet man yeah. it turned out sharp yeah i really like so i i have two helmets i really like the first one i got the more kind of neutral leaf smarlies and then the other one's more geared toward the marlies but i really like that neutral one i think it's i mean when i got it i think it was i thought it was the coolest goalie mask i'd ever seen like <laughs> it was so cool and i'd always wanted a helmet painted by dave art mm-hmm. and he yeah. did an unbelievable job like it's such a cool finish it's a mix of matte and gloss so it kind of like brings a little bit of brings a little bit of depth to the helmet i think it's so cool so i was really happy with how it turned out definitely sick is that is that your favorite paint job all time oh 100 yeah all right for sure yeah when i was when i was younger growing up i had a couple painted masks but i think nothing compared and when i got to usa um headstrong graphics painted their masks and i like at that point that was way far above and beyond anything i'd ever had so you know at that time that was the coolest and then you know just again as you get older and you you know go up levels you have more um you know more opportunity to get painted by different people so i just i was really happy with you know what dave art did so sure for sure Anything else, Ev? Um, I wanted to fire up these last couple funny ones. Oh, yeah. The, oh, this is where it gets good. Ho- hopefully, you've been watching some Netflix in your downtime. Yeah. Are you Team Joe or Team Carol? <laughs> you know what? I actually haven't watched it yet. I've watched no. the first episode. But, yeah, everyone's on me to watch it, so I got I to get on that. I think just coming out of the gate, I'd like to think I'm on Team Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I think majority of, of people have sided there. So, I yeah, I, well, I see, see the problem the problem with with it, it was like everyone was talking about it, and I was pumped to watch it. And then my girlfriend watched it, and so I was talking to her about it, and she was like, you know what, like I really didn't like it that much. And then she comes back to me like a week or two later and tells me that I have to watch it. I'm like, well, you're kind of like contradicting yourself. Honestly, a bit though, here. no, no, no. Oh. I think I think I understand. 
you have to see it to understand what she's saying. Like, yeah, you when you're watching it, you don't you don't want to watch. You're like you're just so it's so weird. You're just like, <laughs> what is going on? But it's it's yeah. so, it's to the point where it's that weird where you're like, you have to see it. You have to. Yeah, it's you don't, like you you don't want to know, but you know have to. Know. Yeah, just to be like part of what everyone's talking yeah. about. So I, I'll I'll get to that for you guys. <laughs> the problem is I've been I've been stuck watching Entourage, so I've like kind of trapped in that right now. I don't watch anything else. I've just been binging yeah, Entourage. It's it's hard to get out once you're in a in a flow with like a show. It's yeah locked in. Yeah, but you, Entourage is so good though. It's so good. It's, it's so funny. Yeah, Do you watch a lot of a lot of Netflix during season? Yeah, this so before this year, I wasn't like a huge TV show guy just because I really didn't have that much time. Like you're in college and like whenever I'd watch a TV show, I'd be with all the guys in my room. Like we watched like Game of Thrones and stuff or you know st- stuff like that, but I was never a huge TV show guy and then this year, I think not having school, you know, you got to have something to fill some of your time, so got more into netflix and, and hbo and stuff Definitely. now you said you're in hbo do you ever watch like silicon valley no i've never seen that oh um, that's so funny I'm trying to think of shows that I like on there uh ballers ballers is sick yeah uh obviously game of thrones yep um entourage we just watched uh the outsider which is pretty good it's kind of creepy it's uh like a stephen king uh, based TV show. Sweet. Yeah, that one's pretty good. And then I'm trying to think what else. Westworld's good. I think I like HBO a lot. I feel like it's just a little like better production almost than Netflix. But yeah, well, the talent like is so much higher there. Like you yeah, have yeah, much quality budget. quality show. Um, did you ever hear of Barry with Bill Hader on uh, HBO? Yeah. yeah, I just watched that too. Barry is hilarious. So good. Yeah. There's he's, that one, the one episode where they're, where he's fighting the guy the whole episode is probably one of the best, like, episodes of a TV show I've seen. Oh, it's, yeah, I mean, just the way Under. they wrote it, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, Barry's great. I, all right, so, so you, you played college in Boston, and then now mm-hmm. you're playing pro in Toronto, so if you had to pick one, are you going Duncan or, or Tim Hortons? Oh, yeah, this is a good question. <laughs> yeah. You're going to break this one, Joe. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I spent three years in Boston and only one in Toronto so far, so I got to stick with Duncan. Let's go. No. Let's go. <laughs> no. Yes, that's yeah. the right answer. I think Tim Hortons might be better. I don't know, but I'm just yes. – I'm No, it's too sweet. To it's too, he literally it's, just said it was better. No, I said it might be. No, he be. said it might, it might be. It, it might be better, so give him a year and he's just going to flip because he understands. No, but he's he, here's a, how I'd compare it. quality in Toronto. No, 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 no. Like, no, no, Tim, no, no, no. Tim Hortons is, it's like ice, it's like an ice cream and, or, or a cake. It's a dessert. And Duncan <laughs> is a nice steak. You could eat a nice steak way longer than you could. Your ice cream gets too sweet. <laughs> Duncan is like if they took sewer water, heated it up, and then put it in a cup and gave it to you. It's disgusting. So it is what it is. You got to start keeping track of this, Kyle, who's, uh, who's got yeah, the higher think, score here. I think it's, it's starting to even out maybe, but, um, I think Duncan's still a little behind. East Coast trash. I think, I think it'll end up – I think it'll always be Duncan, though, just because of, like, just the memories in college around Duncan, like, just getting up every Sunday morning and, like, 
waltzing over to Duncan and <laughs> just I don't know. So I think I think it might be Duncan for me. Oh, it's Duncan is a yeah. part of life in in yeah. in Boston. I mean Boston. Sure. Um, next one here. If Jake Ottinger could describe you in three words, what would they be, Joe? Hmm. Maybe <laughs> goofy, funny, and happy. Maybe I don't know. Something those are all happy. pretty. Those are good. Those are compliments. Yeah. Now, last, if we could rid the earth of any one small thing, what would it be? And I don't need an answer like, oh, we need to get rid of war, poverty, <laughs> um, you know, people that can't eat. I need something like the most inconvenient, small, tedious thing that you would want to get rid of that would make your life easier. All right. The only thing that's really coming to mind, and it's such a stupid thing. That's so, what I want. you know, you know, on Snapchat, um, you know, when you swipe right and you go to like kind of the stories slash, I don't know what is it, like the news pages, descriptions or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the like trash. Stuff. Yeah. I don't know why, but they added ads in that. <laughs> it's the most inconvenient thing ever because you ever click on any one of those news stories and then you start listening, you start uh, reading it or whatever. There's an ad every time you swipe and like, I just end up, I never read them anymore. That's the only thing I can think of though. <laughs> so so, so you're, you're getting your news from Snapchat. No, no, not anymore. <laughs> no, he can't. He can't. Cause there's ads. <laughs> he doesn't know the news. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's like the entertainment news stuff. It's the first thing that came to mind, so I got to roll with it. Do you right. keep up with the Kardashians on there? Is that what it is? <laughs> um, he's, a, he's a big James Charles guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's funny you brought that up, though, Joe, because I realized that the other day, like, there was something from Barstool, and then there was another, like, they give you what, they get you with, like, the little hook, line, and sinker, right? They put out a huge yeah. line. It's like, oh, man, like, that's sick. Got to see that. You start tapping through to, like, find it. And then yeah. – with that 10 second ad it's like nope i don't care anymore i'm out yeah like i literally every time I'm like ah, no, i don't i don't care that much so oh, just <laughs> but kyle do you got anything else or are we good to go i think we're good joe i want to say thank you so much for taking the time here to chat with us um i want to start off by saying uh you know good luck moving forward obviously with the season and where everything at is uh, a little bit of a weird situation but as you move forward through your career um, it's been a pleasure to watch and we can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me guys. Uh, I appreciate it. Stay, stay safe, stay healthy. I want to start off again by saying thanks again to Joe Wolf for hopping on between two posts. Um, I really can't wait to see what he does moving forward. Having known him, uh, since I met him at the program and got to watch him play there and get his start, like it's been a really fun journey to watch. And, uh, the way he carries himself is super impressive. Um, he's very, very mature for his age. So, It'll be exciting to see where he goes with uh, Toronto. What do you think, Definitely. Pal? Yeah, it's uh, it's cool to see him there. I think Toronto's a pretty sweet place to be at, obviously, when, you're, when your profession is hockey. So I'm excited to be on the lookout for him and can't wait to see what he achieves in his future. But, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. We'll get one next Wednesday, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.